Welcome to Sydney's Coach Replay. This show is focused on instructional coaching and the power that video brings to this work. In each episode, we will talk with the Sydney virtual coach about relevant instructional coaching topics and even use some classroom footage to break down and analyze specific instructional strategies. I'm your host, Corey Camp, Director of Professional Learning for Sydney. For today's episode, we welcome back Colina Pollard. We had her here last week, and I'm excited to continue our conversation. Thanks so much, Corey. Absolutely excited to, to continue talking um, about implicit bias. Yeah, so last week we talked about how when unchecked, implicit bias or our unconscious attitudes and stereotypes towards certain people or groups can have really big implications for our learners. So I'm really excited to chat with you today about how do we coach when we suspect implicit bias exists or when a teacher recognizes it in their own instruction, and then what role video can have in raising awareness or even monitoring progress towards um, you know, changing those biases. So um, because implicit bias exists in our subconscious, meaning we're not necessarily aware. No one has directly stated these things. We don't, it's just a truth for us. I imagine it's not really easy to address when coaching. It is not. It's hard and, and you know it's a heavy, heavy topic as we said last week, but some of the ways that, that we can do this is um, beginning those really open relationships. So when you have someone um, who, who you feel like needs to be coached or you're going to be coaching them or the teacher realizes that they need some, something, you know, going on. I think going in there with, you know, a little bit of, of, uh, uh, emotional intelligence and realizing that, um, your relationship has to be based in respect and, um, mutual understanding that this is a heavy topic and that people are going to see some things um, or you're going to bring to light some things uh, to people who didn't even know that they existed. And so making sure that, that you're aware of that and the other person is aware of that so that you can honestly talk about what you might see when these things happen. Yeah, and I know that's hard. You just just thinking about the psychology of it all, right? Our brains don't enjoy when we realize uh, something, you know, may not be true that we've always held as truth or perceived, right? Confirmation bias is when you kind of you are checking those biases that you have, those implicit biases, and. It, it really kind of stresses our brains out a little bit, our psyche out a little bit when we realize that, oh, this might not be true and I might be at fault for kind of always believing it was when it wasn't. So uh, if, as if video wasn't vulnerable enough, we add implicit bias to it. Uh, so how do you then coach someone through something so personal as this? So, you know, when you, like you said, you know, when you start to realize these things about yourself, um, it's, it's going to take a little soothing. It's, it's a little, you know, in, in the deep South, we call it the ta-ta. So we're ta-ta on people, you know, through certain things. But I think that um, once you, you know, when you're either asking for help or you know that you need to coach someone through this and you take those steps before and then 
you have personal conversations first. But when you add video, there becomes patterns that are undeniable. There are things that people can, um, you know, they may choose not to see those things, but it doesn't mean that they're not there, which is where a really good coach comes in because then you can look at that video and start to point out um, maybe looking at even some of the actions and reactions of the other people around you and of your students, like what your students might have uh, done or said and how their actions and how they responded to what someone did. So of course, uh, when they're able to see the video, we can start to look for patterns. And once we see those patterns, that's when we can start to share those things with uh, the, the person who needs the growth. Yeah, I think it can really, like you said, it, it's objective, right? It's not me coming and saying, you know, hey, I think you're treating a certain population different than another population, but it's we have the video there, we're able to then quantify the behavior. So then you, I think you can start addressing it, right? You can set a goal towards that. You can look for a more inclusive, you know, interaction with your students or talk about, you know, other ways to have those conversations or that we might work with certain populations and, and really start to, again, I think of this checks and balances is what it kind of reminds me of is, is when we don't check these things, they really can, because they're so pervasive, as you talked about in the last episode, they really can seep into everything. And then I, th I think what's also so powerful, and what speaks to me about this as an educator, is if I believe, uh, if I have an implicit bias, for example, if I think that boys are inherently better at math and science, than girls are. And so I'm calling on those boys more often in my classroom. I'm, I'm shouting out that, you know, I'm praising the boys for, look at my fastest, uh, you know, kid in, in, our, in our multiplication facts. And it's, I'm constantly lifting those individuals up because I notice them, I'm more aware of them. Then that also sends a message to the girls in my classroom, right? So our biases become theirs. Right? It becomes their identity, and uh, that is that is can be toxic, really, sometimes. So, so then you mentioned using video to kind of help make this objective, and when we suspect it, and, and video really can be that clear picture of reality. But even when we're not talking about implicit bias, I know there are times when um, even I have looked at my video and not seen something the same way a coach that I was working with because coaches need coaches as well. So I may have on these rose colored glasses and I'm seeing the video. I see the exact same thing you do, but I don't see what you're seeing. So what are ways that you can begin to, does video still play a good role? If even I have a blind eye to it in the video footage, what are ways that we can bring that awareness to somebody who's having a hard time seeing it for themselves? Um, I, I think that video still plays a very vital role in that. As a matter of fact, it can be the key to opening their eyes and taking those rose colored you know, glasses off because you can uh, video, you can have conversations, but then um, you can start to uh, identify 
the certain patterns that that are happening so when you are looking at the video you may point out some things they still don't see it watch the video together when you are able to to sit down and look at it together you can um, start and stop the video at certain points because then you can stop right then and identify okay this is what i saw you do you tend to um do you notice that you call on only the boys whenever you are giving a math or science lesson did you notice that the girls tended to because they know that you will only call on the boys or you feel um that the boys have this you know somehow inherent knowledge of of, of math and science better did you notice how the girls kind of slinked back and maybe didn't even raise their hands that they started to think that maybe they don't have the answer or even that they wouldn't get called on um and as you were saying you know you don't want to have a toxic um environment in in a classroom you want it to be open and inviting so when you um start to have these conversations again the biggest thing is having that open mind and realizing that there's going to be an awareness a light bulb um, that's going to have to go off in order for it to be productive in order for there to be some success um, to see these implicit biases because everybody has them they're pervasive as we said before everyone has them it doesn't make you a bad educator it doesn't make you a bad instructor instructor it makes you start to focus on things um, and you don't want to create an environment where your kids don't want to be there you want to create an environment conducive to learning and, and sharing and um, when a coach can use video and focus in on some of those things then I think that you know especially if somebody doesn't want to see it together you're doing it um, you know but on their own if you if you do it together they they can better see it and um, you can bring some some actualization to it yeah I love that that guided noticing kind of strategy and you know some of those guided noticing moves we're gonna break down in future episodes with some other coaches but I really do think that's a powerful tool and some great advice to kind of talk about that and something else that uh, You've, you've hinted towards, and I know you and I have talked about this in the past, is just sharing your own vulnerability, right? Uh, your own biases that you have realized and overcome or are working on, um, just to make it feel like, look, we're, this, this again is something that everybody has, and we all have different biases. Sometimes they're similar, but we all have them, and these are all things that we should work on. So as a coach, when you said earlier, you know, coaches need coaches too. That's one of those things that, that we do have to learn. And, and a lot of times when I do the trainings, I say, you know what, I'm going to show you mine and I'm going to need to see yours when it comes to that vulnerability because mm -hmm. we all have them. And I've accepted that. And when um, the, basically the leader, the person that's doing the training or the person that's doing the coaching kind of opens up. Um, it brings the, the coachee in a little bit more to seeing, you know what, you know what, okay, maybe so, maybe I can be vulnerable with this person because they've shared some of what they have with me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
you know, and, and I don't think implicit bias is ever anything that we are, you know, going to go coach for necessarily. It's not something that we, someone says, you know, I need you to, to support so-and-so. They've got some biases. Um, it's usually more on the instructional and the classroom management side of things, but I do think this is a, a really good, I'm so glad we've talked about this um, these past few weeks because I think it's an important thing to kind of keep in our toolbox and kind of keep an awareness for an eye out for um, as we have more and more diversity in our classrooms, as our classrooms are becoming more and more student led, it really is something that could um, definitely be a good part of a conversation for some of the people that we work with. So this has been great. Any final takeaways that you'd like our audience to hear? You know, I've said it earlier, but I want to say it again. And, you know, I want, I want to make sure that, that um, folks hear it. First, you know, everyone has it. it. You know, everyone has implicit biases. They, they are pervasive. However, they are um, things, because it's our brain and it's ever-changing, can be unlearned. And it's okay to, to know that we have it. It's okay to accept that we have them. And it's okay to change that behavior too. Yeah, that's really great. So thanks again for joining us today, Colina. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So if you want to learn more about implicit bias, Kalina has given us a few sites that you can go to that will provide some really great information and resources for working around this. Check them out in the comments below and tune in next week as we have another episode of Sydney's Coach Replay.